When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Of course, you know it's your phone, Beehive Radio, shouting, hey, man, I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Let's get it. You got a chamber, what's the odds? Are you taking it? They critique how I speak. All right, so we got the one and only Beehive. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Off the porch with us today. Hey, man, man. first of all, Tall Hayes, I just feel honored to be in this thing. You know, I can recall a good four, five years ago, you bust in there with Corey Moe. Yes, sir. And we had this conversation. And to see where the hell it came to, oh, my God. I mean, that's wild right there, man. So salute, salute, salute to you as well, brother. Nah, I appreciate you, man. No problem. Like we were just talking about, you've been going up as well, man. We got to get it. Yeah, we got to get I'm it. I'm loving the content we <laughs> Thank created. Thank you. So it's like, man, let's share the platform that with other know. creators here in Atlanta, man. Because for too, far too long, Atlanta media was kind of overlooked, man. Everyone went to L.A. That's Everyone went facts. to New York for their press run. Exactly. You got to do that no more. Well, see, you know, first of all, I got to just start off with a few thank yous in this thing, because when I started putting it down for the town, it was only two websites that would pick up my content and share it and make me feel like I was actually making some noise out here. Dirty Glove Bastard was one of them. Thank you. And Traps and Trunks was the other one. Y'all two right there were really putting it down for the South as far as on the internet front already and covering everything that was going on. So never once did I feel when I would do interviews with artists and stuff like that, that it was going unnoticed because when I would look at them YouTube analytics and I see them <laughs> external views coming in from DGB and Traps and Trunks, I'm like, Thank you, fellas. So appreciate that. Nah, you was the only one interviewing the artists that we fucked <laughs> yes. with anyway. So it was like Fact. perfect. Though. Exactly. And then with that being said, you know, bringing it down to the South, me and my brother Shard, we just kind of got together one day and he was just like, hey, man, we got to do it for the A and for the South. You know, everybody already had it going on up there in New York. Mm-hmm. They had it going on on the West Coast as well. But in the South, there were no real places for people to go and have those kinds of conversations. So when we crunk it up, we met resistance like you do when you start anything yep. for the first time. Because first of all, folks are thinking, who is it? 
Where you coming from? Who he think he is? Oh, hell no. Or you trying to take my spot. You want to be bigger than me. You doing it. But when you got a purpose, the purpose was to help, you know, up and coming artists that had dreams and goals and aspirations that might not have otherwise been able to achieve those goals without a little help. And one of the beautiful things was for me being at the radio station at Hot 107.9, I had that platform to be able to go back into the community and bring the people that I respected and that I knew and then just up and coming artists up through my platform and give them the opportunity to shine. And see, like I tell people, you know, I caught a lot of hell doing that because people didn't really understand what was going on. But through a conversation with my boy Boom Man the other day, he talked about your purpose. When you understand what your purpose is, then you don't mind going through that rigmarole to get the job done. And with my purpose, I was like, okay, my job is to break these artists and to keep the culture going. Because for a second there, it was kind of getting a little sketchy to where it looked like one nobody going to be coming out of Atlanta. Because, you know, after a while, what happens in the industry, you got a lot of people that feel like if you're not hot, I don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So... With that being said, if you ain't helping people to get hot, after a while, it ain't gonna be nobody to talk to. And the other markets and regions that are breaking their artists and making them hot, now we talking to them instead of the people that we supposed to be talking to here. So I was like, okay, let me make sure that I put the smack down on the city as far as giving that opportunity to artists. And then, you know, I'm from the West Side, so I grew up with a lot of people. So it'd be folks that I went to school with that might be managing this person or somebody that might be the cousin of that person. And then they'll reach out to me. They'd be like, hey, man, you need to check out this record right here. Uh, my boy Earl Dollar, I remember he gave me that water record. And when I heard that water record, I was like, oh my God, this boy Joe Gifted about to go crazy right here. And so Earl, me and him went to Gene Young together. So that was my boy. You see what I'm saying? So when he sent me the record, I mean, I, that's my boy. So let me, let me listen to it, give it a real ear. When I heard that thing going crazy, I said, all right, let's wait to the top of the year and we're going to break this thing. Because I said, uh, he gave it to me like in that November, December time. And I was like, I don't want folks to be like this last year. So I was like, let me go ahead and drop it at, uh, in January. We dropped that Joe Gifted, and that thing went crazy. You see what I'm saying? Same thing with Day Day. My brother, uh, DJ JT, he was working over there at Crucial. And he was like, boy, Day Day going crazy out here in these streets. But then I, another person that gets busy as well is that boy Mook B. Mook B had that Day Day playing over that new radio. So when I saw Mook B on Instagram playing that song, I was like, oh, my God. This, this need to be on the damn radio. This boy jamming. And uh, when JT let me, when he already showed me the video of folks throwing money and Crucial going crazy to the record, I said, let's go ahead and put them down and let's get this ball rolling. And it's more so me just trying to serve my purpose to help people get to where they need to go. You, it's like you have your child, they on the little bicycle, <laughs> you help them get it straight, then you let them ride out into the sunset. You're like, look at that boy go over there, man, you over there doing this thing. And that's how it worked out for me. And it's been a blessing because when you help people, I mean, that feels good. It ain't nothing better than when you thinking, man, I heard that record. And then you see that boy performing on BET. And it's like, oh, my God, that record went from just in my doggone text message to Nas all over the world. And not to say that I'm just the end all be all when it came to breaking the record or nothing like that. But it was just one of those things to be at the beginning of a lot of those movements. It's just amazing to see. And that kind of stuff never gets old either. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure when you got folks come up here to Dirty Glove Bowser, so you think to yourself, Okay, we just broke this. This is, I hope this guy blows up. You know, this sounds pretty good. I like his music. We doing our part. But then you look up and then he turns into Rod Wade. <laughs> yep. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, wait a minute. You see what I'm saying? So it's just a beautiful thing, man. Yep, absolutely, man. All right, so let's take it back, man. I'm here like, for it. Growing up on the West Side, yes, is sir. this what you envisioned your life would be, man? Is this what you wanted to do or how did all this come about? Okay, when you talk about that west side, I grew up on the west side, up and down from Bankhead to MLK to Cascade to Camden Road. I was born, the birth certificate gonna say Harwell Road, okay, Dogwood, you know, and I went to Kyle Heights Elementary, and that's where I got my Bankhead, you know, upbringing from, MLK upbringing, salute to all my folks from Kyle Heights, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. Then I left there and I went to Gene Young Southwest Middle School, and that was my Southwest Atlanta Cascade upbringing. And then we went to Maze from Gene Young and all of my uh, Maze high folks. What's happening, what's happening, what's happening again? But I was living in Ben Hill with my mama 
and I played ball in Ben Hill. So all of my Ben Hill football stars was headed, was headed, was headed as well because you were growing up on that west side, you're going to be involved in so many different areas. Grandmas and uncles staying on different streets. So you're going to know everybody from all over the place. And growing up for me, I started rapping back when I was in middle school. Okay. And I was hard as hell. Okay, don't get it messed up. You know, folks that went to school with me, they'll say that that boy B was hard as hell. But what happened was, I graduated, well, I was getting ready to go to, uh, I was getting ready to graduate high school. And I had applied to Clark Atlanta University. I was trying to find something. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. That had something to do with music to go to school for. So I was really about to go to school for music engineering and stuff like that, but there were no real schools out there for that at that time. And Claude was the only school that I applied to because I figured they had a good communication program. And then I looked at the uh, course curriculum. I saw Algebra 1, Algebra 2. I said, okay, I ain't going to be in this thing doing <laughs> trigonometry all over the place. So I knew then I could kind of get through the uh, curriculum. And when I went in there and I started doing radio, the thing, well, I was uh, majoring in radio, but then by the time I got back to my junior year, I was looking around and I was starting thinking about the realities of it all. And it started to overwhelm me a little bit. Now, I had a point of reference to educators. I got people in my family that are teachers and stuff like that. And when I got into that junior year where you're about to go into your major classes, I was like, do I really need to continue chasing this music dream or do I need to just go ahead and get my buddy job that I know I'll be secure at? And just so happened, I had a homeboy in one of my classes named Ryan Moore. And I'd be in class just having a good time, as always, just talking stuff, you know. And he was like, man, you need to uh, come up to the radio station to get an internship. And I was like, really? I, I didn't. So this is the thing about being local and from Atlanta. If you're from the hood, a lot of times you listen to the radio. But you don't know where the hell the radio station at. You just hit it. You just hit on the radio. You just think it's some kind of imaginary place where folks play music out into the city every day. So at that time, I didn't even know where the radio station was at. I didn't know about how to even go about getting an internship at the radio station as well. Well, I went up there for the internship thing, and my homeboy Ryan, he was the uh, internship coordinator, the guy that was in my class. So I'm like, boy, how the hell are you the internship coordinator? You in my class with me. But he was a, a fast-paced guy. He was already working at the radio station at that time. So he put me down, but the issue was, when I got put down at the radio station, I thought I had an internship, but just to find out that I had a, a volunteership. So <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I thought I was about to start the intern. They let you know I had a volunteership. And they called me for November. Hosea feed the homeless. Went out there, fed the homeless. They didn't call me back again until January. Now, to Christmas rolled around. And they were like, uh, it's time to feed the homeless again. And I'm like, okay, I don't mind feeding the homeless, but what the hell am I learning something about radio around this thing? So, and I remember the internship thing, you know how folks be all hardcore and they're like, you, if, you, if you want to do what you want to do, this ain't the place for it because you ain't going to be able to do it, you can't do it, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, well, it looked like this ain't going to be the place for me. And I remember uh, they called me again that January, but it was for King Day to feed the homeless again. And I was like, you know what? I ain't doing this. I ain't signed up to feed the homeless every five minutes. I signed up to learn how to do radio. And I was talking to my homeboy, Keno Akeen, and he was like, boy, you better take your butt back in there and do that thing one more time. And I went back up there, and then I was able to get my internship. And from that point, I was interning in the promotions department, learning promotions and stuff like that. And then we would do what we call back then, getting prizes. So 
you'd be at the radio station, folks come up there to get the prize and the interns, they just go into the, you know, prize closet and get mm -hmm. posted prizes and stuff like that. And um, mind you, so now between the time that I done got my internship from a volunteership to a, a real internship, now I'm just getting prizes. So I'm thinking to myself, now this doesn't seem like this is about to be a great career that I have ahead of me. Do I need to quit again? You see what I'm saying? But eventually I was able to finagle that into an uh, entry-level position as a board operator. And when I got in there, like I say, my story is a lot different from a lot of other people because I didn't have a lot of connections. The only connection that really I had was my boy Ryan that gave me the uh, initial internship or whatever. But once I got in there, it was pretty much sink or swim. You had to figure out exactly what it is to do. I remember when I was interning my homeboy, Chris Flame, that uh, produced Hood Figure, he was down there interning okay. as well. And I remember talking to Chris, and I was like, because uh, I think Chris had just got hired, but then he was out there producing, doing the most, just having the time of his life. I said, Chris, what is it that I need to do? How am I going to you know, get into the game? And I remember him telling me some Mr. Miyagi stuff like, you know, you just got to find your way. And I was like, this is some bullshit. I need some goddamn answers in here. I'm talking about finding your way. But sure enough, that's what I wound up having to do was find my way through there until I finally, you know, found my way to having a job. But then after I had a job, I had to sit down and board out for a minute. And uh, I wasn't able to get on the air from the time I started actually working to about three years of being a board operator. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? So now we're talking about a whole damn near four, five year span between me, me, no boy in junior year and then me finally getting on the air. So that's enough to let you know five years done already passed and ain't shit happened. You see what I'm saying? Five years done passed and ain't nothing happened. So then when I got on the air, it was a wrap from that point on, man. My guy Bill Black, he heard my air check, gave it to Steve Headwood. Steve Headwood heard the air check and said, hey, put the man on the air this weekend. And I never really looked back from that point right there. But as far as growing up on the west side with it, man, you see so many different things in these streets that just let you know what you don't want. And then you still have points of reference of people that do have, you know, successful careers and stuff like that. And I would see a lot of different things happening to my friends, you know. If you're growing up in the hood, there's certain things that you're just not going to be able to get around. It's just stuff that everybody goes through. So you're going to see people getting killed. You're going to see people going to jail for killing people. You're going to see folks robbing folks and going to jail for long periods of time as if they did kill somebody. All they did was just rob somebody. But, you know, they'd be in jail for 40 years behind some armed robbery stuff. And it's like, my God, this guy's only 18 years old, 19 years old. And we ain't going to see this man again until we senior citizens in this thing. So when I saw that kind of stuff, you know, taking place and these is people that you're growing up with that, you know, and love, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, man, damn, I don't want that to be my situation. So I was like, I just need to go ahead and grind it out and just stay down. You know, my cousin Jermaine told me one time, Jermaine Keller, he was like, uh, I was just telling him what I was going through. And I just remember him saying, stay down with it, B, just stay down. And I think that's one of the hardest things for people to do, because in this microwave generation that we live in here, Everybody want to like this here. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, anything worth having might take a little work to get there. So I was willing to put in the work and willing to put in the sacrifice. But then after a while, you go so deep and put in so much. So after five years of looking crazy, you're like, uh-uh. I got to get something out of this after I done put down five years into it. Next thing you know, five turning to 10, 10 turning to 15 on you. And you're like, wait a minute, what the hell's going on again? I'll be here stuck. But that education helped out a lot for me because by going to Clark Atlanta, my professor Will, he told me something called, uh, well, he taught me something called uh, internet radio. So now this is 04, 05, okay. he's talking about internet radio. So what we understood in class was that the future of radio would be internet radio. Uh, internet radio, as we understand it now, could be called Spotify. Pandora, YouTube, you see what I'm saying? That's internet radio, anything that you find in online, the podcasting and stuff like that. So when I got on the air and I was trying to do my thing in radio, I was overnight early on. So with me being overnight, that meant that I did not have the biggest platform on the radio station. So it was like, okay, how can I get around this to still get my shine on and amount to something? Because I still got goals and dreams like everybody else. And what happens is, you know, we are raised by our parents to believe that, you know, you go get a job, you work hard as hell at the job, you go get a promotion and everything's going to pay off. 
But through my life experiences, what I learned was if you work hard and take that same work ethic into your own business or into your own vision, that's when you'll really see the fruits of your labor. Because mm -hmm. when you're doing it through corporate structure, sometimes you look up and people that do have power to say yay or nay, you kind of put yourself in their hands. And if you are not in there saying, please, 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 oh, be all that, oh, help me, help me, help me, please, then you ain't going to get nowhere. And by me growing up on the west side of Atlanta, that wasn't the way I was going to be getting down. You see what I'm saying? They, I, you know, you ain't going to be sitting over here just trying me for no damn reason. I ain't going to be over here begging and pleading with folks to try to get down because that just ain't in my personality. That ain't in my character. Now, I will ask. You got to ask. You know, if you don't ask, you ain't going to get nothing. But I ask you one time. If the answer is no, then I ain't going to ask you again. Because what's the point of me begging and pleading with you? That means I need to go out here and get it for myself. And that's what a lot of people have a hard time understanding is that, you know, sometimes those no's are the biggest blessings that you ever get in your life. Because if I didn't get a no, I probably wouldn't have went to YouTube. If I didn't get a no, I probably wouldn't have started a grassroots movement with what I had going on. But those no's kind of when, when you know that you are not going to give up and you're not about to lose then those no's really don't even mean nothing after a while because it's just like, okay, that means I ain't supposed to be over there, so I ain't even worried about that. Mm -hmm. if, it, if the answer's yes, then hell, I'll come over there and fuck with you. But them no's, I mean, that don't really hurt nothing. But like we were saying earlier, I didn't know that it was going to get as big as it winded up getting, though, tall, because I faced so much resistance trying to build it that after a while, you're just thinking you're just going through the motions with everything and you're thinking, you know. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Maybe for me, I might just be one of those people that tried hard as hell and just didn't get it. You see what I'm saying? That happens. I like maybe I'm gonna be that person that tried hard as hell, but you know, I refuse to be defeated. So it was like, you know what? If I'm gonna live this life the way I want to live it, then I just got to go ahead and put my boots on the ground and get busy out here because getting busy is what makes the difference. Mm -hmm. The work ethic, you got to show up, you got to be passionate about what's going on. And then also I had to stop making it about me. See, it didn't really start getting big until I said, you know what, this ain't about me. This is about my purpose. And when I sat back and I looked at my purpose, I said, man, you know what you here for? You remember what it was like growing up in the hood and having dreams. When I was a rapper, I would have had loved to have known a beehive that would have said, hey, man, I love your song. Come up here to the radio station. I'm going to play it for you and I'm going to do a video for you. I know how that would have helped out my career that never happened. So I said, OK. Let me do this for other folks. It ain't no sense of me getting up here and then being a hater and blocking everybody else that got dreams that's coming after me. Let me go ahead and see if I can't make the odds even. Salute the rock on that line because that song is one of them songs that I listened to the whole time because I was trying to make the odds even. It was like, let me go ahead and get my people from my hood and give them an opportunity to shine and see what can happen because this is the way I really looked at it, Tal. You know, when people say they want to be artists and rappers and stuff like that, they go home and their family is like, nigga, go get a job, okay? Stop it. You still chasing that dream? Well, guess what? When them same boys would come and do my show, they'd be able to go back to them same folks and say, well, shit, I was just up there high 1079 with Beehive. How you like me now? <laughs> and then them same folks that were saying that was a dream were saying, oh, yeah, that song does sound pretty good. Now them saying people got a movement behind them because the people just needed some kind of social proof to let them know that they were worth investing their time and energy into. And I wanted to serve as a catalyst for people to be able to come from nothing to something. Now, everybody didn't blow up. Some folks did, some folks didn't. But I know that I did my part to try to make sure that everybody had an opportunity to utilize my platform to get to where they needed to go to. Absolutely. You feel me? And I think what really separates your interviews from everyone else is how passionate you are and also how knowledgeable you are of who you're interviewing, too. Well, see, when it comes to the passion, that comes back to that uh, West Side upbringing. One of the things that my mama used to tell me when I was little, she was like, hey, man, we fuck with everybody around here. It ain't no such thing as cool and lame and stuff like that everybody is a child under God and you treat everybody with the same respect and love and dignity. 
So with that being said, I ain't met a person yet that ain't been a friend to me. I'd be sitting, uh, it could be somebody that could barely even talk, okay? It could be a couch potato and I'd be sitting over there talking to them every day because I can see they trying to say something back to me. But with that being said, back in school, that's what I used to do. I was a talkative person. I love to talk. As you can see, I got these long ass answers because I can't help it. I just, that's, that was my gift. I didn't realize that that was my gift until I realized that my boy Shaw had booked four interviews for me in the middle of uh, one night. And then I'd be in there talking the whole night long and not even be tired by the end of the night. I'm like, I love this shit. You see what I'm saying? So the passion behind it was I just enjoy talking to people. I love talking to folk. You see what I'm saying? I, it'd be time. I'd be coming out the radio station five o'clock in the morning. Homeless man catch me, pull me to the side. I'm out there talking to that man for a whole hour. Okay. You know, one of them, and I'm going to let him know right now because I don't remember his name. It was just a chance meeting. But he, you know, through talking to folks, you get a lot of good information. And one dude, he was telling me, he was like, uh, yeah, he didn't know who the hell I was. He was just like, let me get five dollars. That nigga ain't got it. Then he was like, all right, well, shit, let's just chop it up. So we chopping it up. Then he was like, uh, what I realized was my greatest enemy was my inner me. And I said, whoo, that is a book right there. He said, I'm about to write a book. I said, well, you got 12 months because I said, that's going to be the title of my book right there. <laughs> but you get stuff through conversations where you're learning from people and everybody has a perspective that could alter the course of your life or might change it all together. Now, when it comes to the research, I'm talking to people that I know. I'm talking to people that I grew up listening to. Uh, my boy Shard, I mean, he loved the music too. So we'll get together and we'll talk about it before we do the interview and we'll put notes together. He'll send me some stuff. He'll be like, hey, B, don't forget to ask him about this song right here because this is my favorite joint. So I'm like, okay, I see what's going on here. And we would just put it all together, but it would just be fun, man, because I was, I love music. That was the other thing too. Now I always had a passion for just listening to music too. And, my other thing was, once I got into radio, I no longer wanted to rap no more. It was like, okay, radio, rapping, it's the same doggone thing. If you really think about it, you're just talking. The only thing is, is that your longevity in radio might be a little bit longer than it would have been if you would have been a rapper. You see what I'm saying? So that was also a blessing in what I understood what my purpose was. It was like, now you got to get into a position because you're going to help a lot of folks over the next 10 years get into the game and do what they need to do. So I was here for that. But the passion is, is that I want to see folks win. You see what I'm saying? I ain't trying to bring folks on my show to damn lose. You see what I'm saying? I'm trying to see folks take the fuck off and go where they need to go, man, and be a part of something great. So that energy, especially if the music is good, the energy going to be there because you already know what's about to happen. You done seen it too many times yourself, Todd. You know you somebody coming here, you like, you know who's about to blow. And you know who's not going to blow or who might have a hard time blowing. And then sometimes folks you think ain't going to blow be the ones that blow all the way up. You're like, well, I didn't even see that one coming. So I learned from that too. Like, no, everybody's going to blow. You see what I'm saying? So I treat everybody accordingly like that. But that passion is because that's what I love to do. I love to talk, man. I just love to, you know, communicate with people and just let somebody know that I understand what's going on with you. I'm here to talk to you. I ain't here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. And I don't care what the hell happens after this interview. You know, I wish you the best and much success. And I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. And going to the YouTube channel, you mm -hmm. kind of early on the wave. What are we talking, 2011? Thanks. See, with the YouTube that was the internet radio. Okay. You see what I'm saying? See, I already knew what it was going to be because now that's six years after I done graduated from college that YouTube really takes flight. Mm -hmm. Now, before YouTube, around that time, the reason why I got into it was my big homie, Trendsetter Sense. You know, I was producing Gangsta Grills radio with uh, drama, Sense, and Canon them. And uh, I was just chopping it up with sense on one of them regular studio nights or whatever. You like, B, how what it is you trying to do with your life, man? What you trying to do? Because I got the answers to everything. <laughs> I said, and you know, he did. So I said, uh, hey, nigga, I'm trying to be big, man. How do I go about growing my brand? I, you know, I'm just here trying to figure that. He was like, can you do interviews? I said, I guess. I said, but I don't come on at 2 o'clock in the morning. Ain't nobody really checking for me at 2 o'clock in the doggone morning. He said, I don't care what time you come on. You better start doing them doggone interviews, boy. That's going to help you out a lot. And he gave me two other pieces of advice that were some real jewelry for me to carry for a long way. But what I added to the information that he gave me was the YouTube part of it. Because it was like, okay, if I'm going to be doing all these interviews, I need to document this history as I mm -hmm. go. But the thing was, was that I learned valuable lessons during that too, because I was doing YouTube just like everybody else. So 
when I first started creating content, my shooters would put the content up on their doggone pages. <laughs> oh, shit. So you already know where this story about to go. You already know where this story about to go. And I did that for a strong five years worth of content, brethren. So, you know, it got crazy because in 2014, they had a layoff at Radio 1. And I was in that layoff. Hmm. And uh, my shooter at that time was my boy Otis. And Otis got laid off with me. And when we got laid off, Otis was like, you know what? I'm deleting everything. I don't care. He was the one that was putting it up, but he didn't want no real affiliation with it at that time because of the way he was feeling, which I couldn't blame him for. So he was like, man, I'm taking it down. And he was like, B, come and get it from me when you get a chance and stuff like that. And um, but when he took it down, that was about a good three, four years worth of good ass content that got taken down at that time. I was depressed because I was laid off too. So I was thinking to myself, who cares? I guess this is the end of my ride anyway. I tried my best, it's over. Okay, I tried my best, it's over. And then I got a call from Hurricane Dave and he said, all right, now before you try to go into place else, we gonna bring you back. And I said, for real? He was like, yeah. So when I came back, during that time sitting down, I was able to really do some soul searching. See, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't get an opportunity to do while they in the game is to really evaluate where they were at that time and where they are and where they're going and what they could have did and what they should have did. So during that time I was sitting down looking crazy. I was like, damn, I could have helped more folks. I didn't use that platform like I should have used that platform. I could have really put a lot of people in the game. I was playing around. Um, I was like, I didn't build my name up like I needed to build my name up because I felt like, hell, if I would have built my name up bigger, I probably wouldn't have got laid out. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. And I was like, okay, so if you ever run across this opportunity again, you Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You got to make sure that you put it down and build your name. But then also, I was thinking about being a professor at Clark Atlanta University. So I was going back to school as well because that was going to be, you know, what I did after I finished my illustrious radio career. But when my career came to an abrupt halt, I don't know, doggone well, it was like, okay, well, uh, it's time to start teaching now this thing. So I was like, if I'm going to be a teacher, the last thing I want is to go into a classroom full of young students and say, yeah, I did radio and I did that. And they're like, who is you? What you did? You ain't done nothing, man. What you trying to teach on this stuff? You don't even know what you're doing. So I said, okay, before I go into this classroom and teach, I got to turn this thing all the way up. And at that time, you know, a few different things happened. When I was laid off, uh, big homie DJ Drummond, he called me. He said, uh, Beehive. He gave me some old jewelry some good jury that I, I ain't even gonna share right now, but it was some stuff that really impacted me and changed my mindset about how everything was going. And he said, come on over here with us to Shade 45 at Mean Streets, you can work with us. So, you know, my brother Rashad Dardell, you know, he was riding with me the whole time. So now we over there at Mean Streets and I was shooting my interviews over there as well. That's when we crunk up the Live from 285 podcast. Okay. And uh, that was the first one with, uh, we, we, Slick Puller came through, Sean J came through. We was over there shooting over there at Mean Streets, having a good ass time with the liquor on the table and everything, just partying. And uh, I realized that it was real. But then when I started back at the radio station, it was time for me to go back in. So when I got back to the radio station, I went crazy. I said, you know what? I'm going to just put it down. And when I came back, I was slick demoted. So I was at a different level than I was when I had left beforehand. So when I came back, I was like, okay, I gotta just make it shake. I gotta make some shake. And I said, now it's time for me to serve my purpose because I was like, I don't know how much long, hell, I just was laid off last time. They might do it again. I don't know what the hell's gonna budget cuts. It gets real out here. So I was like, before this happens again, I'ma lay the smack down in this thing. And that's what I went about doing. So with that YouTube, just, but now imagine this. So now I'm telling you, it's 2015. We said 2011. Mm -hmm. That means I had to start over in 2015 because my partner, he done took down all my content. <laughs> I'm looking crazy. So I'm, I'm at 200 subscribers and I'm like, okay, it's time to go. 
It's the, and I knew help wasn't coming. Okay, help does not show up. Okay, you can sit around town waiting on help all day long and help just ain't coming. So since help ain't coming, you know, like I tell my students all the time, I say, if you're looking for help, you need to go look in that damn mirror because all the help you need is right there waiting on you. And when I and then also you just got to talk to yourself and say, hey, man, you know, do you really want to do this or not? Do you really want to put forth the effort that it's going to take to be great? Or do you want to cool out and just be mediocre? You know, you, those are decisions that you really need to make before you start going down this journey because you don't need to be starting and stopping and quitting and all that stuff. Once you make your mind up to go, you got to go and see it all the way through. And with that YouTube, we just started doing it one interview at a time. I didn't care if you had 500 fans or 1,000 fans or 100,000 fans. We was going to talk and I was going to use my gift to grow that thing up. And it just grew organically to the point to where you know, I got folks from New York hitting me up. Me love you up in New York. I got folks from California. We love you. They thinking I'm the biggest thing on radio in the South. I'm like, I'm on, on the radio two hours a doggone week, you know. But they were like, man, you the GOAT. We love you up in New York. We love you in LA. We love you in uh, Texas and stuff like that. So I was starting to feel that love and I just started to continue to just stay down with it, man. And along the way, it was some great people that stayed down with me to help me build a doggone platform. You see what I'm saying? So when you think about folks that came through four and five doggone times to help me build it, you're talking about TIG, YFN, Lucha. You're talking about Duct Tape, Bank, Trouble, Alley Boy. Alley Boy took me to World Star and then took me all over the place with the stuff that he was talking about. You see what I'm saying? Those kind of people came back so many times to help uh, DC Young Fly, Rich Homie Quan. Those were the people that just came back over and over again. Like, you know what? We see what you got going on. We're going to help you build it. And they helped me build it because at the end of the day, yeah, you can't do it by yourself. But you're going to have to have some folks come in and just rock with you. You see what I'm saying? you got to have people to come in and rock with you. And that's when that Atlanta stuff kicked in. You see what I'm saying? That Atlanta stuff kicks in real heavy when you can call folks on the phone and be like, hey, bro, come on now. Uh, what's going on here? Uh, Big Gip. You see what I'm saying? When I first got back on the radio, he was one of the first people to come in. You see what I'm saying? And help me out. And he dropped a lot of jewels. So I got a lot of people that came through dropping game on me and that kept me motivated. They helped me out a lot uh, throughout this journey, man. And I appreciate all them folks like that because without them, I couldn't have did it because at the end of the day, I'd just be talking to my damn self. You <laughs> see what I'm saying? So I appreciate all them people, man. And it was just the love that I showed them, they showed back. And that's what I'm talking about just in our community in general is the reciprocation, okay? Mm -hmm. When I speak of reciprocation, I'm talking about the fact that if somebody hits you, you're going to reciprocate that real fast. You see what I'm saying? Somebody try you. Somebody make you mad. You quick to reciprocate some negative shit. But how about reciprocating the positive stuff? We do that, then we all going to be in a better place. So my whole thing is I got a lot of reciprocation from people that saw what I was doing. I would help them and they would help me. And together, we all would grow into something big. You see what I'm saying? And it's one of those things to where it's Atlanta. So everybody knows each other. You know, we just might not all be on Instagram. Oh, we too deep in this thing. But everybody knows each other on some level. You see what I'm saying? And everybody knows each other for years. It's one of those type things. So, you know, everybody's talking and everybody's working out. And that's what I love the most about the city, about how progress, uh, progressive it is, because people will see what you got going on and they'll co-sign it, they'll stamp it, they'll help you out to get there. And I was one of those people as well for a lot of other folks' careers. But I mean, it, one hand washes the other. The same way I help folks' careers, they help me. Mm -hmm. So I mean, together, I, prime example, Rich Homie Quan, uh, Quan, he had that differences going crazy. He came in there with his backpack on, just a young black man trying to make it do what it's supposed to. And we had a great conversation. And that was the first interview that I had to do like 100,000 views was Rich Homie Kwan that came through there. And I was like, appreciate you, Rich Homie. But guess what? When some type of way went crazy, nigga pulled up again. <laughs> then Flex went crazy, pulled up again. You see what I'm saying? And then now he just at the top of the rap game, pulled up again. And that helped me to grow my damn platform. You see what I'm saying? Because he remembered when I was there, when other folks, because don't get it messed up now. We at 
Hot 107.9 in Atlanta. This is one of the biggest hip-hop stations in the country, and we hot. You see what I'm saying? We're supposed to be in the front of the culture. And then you got a guy out of Atlanta that's at the bottom of the totem pole, because I wasn't no full-time personality. I was just getting my little few hours in where I could, trying to make a name for itself and trying to leave a stain on the game. So, you know, I'm bringing all kinds of people from the hood that I know into the radio station. And folks, they're like, who are these niggas that he keep bringing in here? Why you keep on bringing all these crazy folks in this thing? Well, the, man, I would catch a hell. Tall, I'm talking about I go get my OGs. Why you bringing these old niggas in here? Go get young folks. Who the hell is that you bringing in here? And I'm like, man, I'm just trying to make it do what it's supposed to. But I had a vision, too, and a purpose. I knew the OGs, them boys had, they really sold a million records. And I knew with internet radio, I was going to be able to be a conduit to get them back to them millions of fans that they had that they might not be able to touch otherwise because this internet was a wild, wild west. So I kind of understood where the internet was going. So I just created a platform to bridge the gap between the young and the old, old school, new school and everything and just have it right there because I treat my platform like a family reunion. Okay, you go to a family reunion, you got the person over there that's 100 years old with the newborn baby in the lap, and they having their own conversation. You got the cousins over there, they having their conversation. You got the old folks, the young folks. Everybody's at the family reunion, everybody feels welcome, and everybody's socializing with each other and exchanging knowledge and information. And that's what I wanted my platform to be. I didn't have time to say, okay, you ain't hot right now. Okay, you used to be this. Oh, okay, I don't like you. Okay, I don't see what I'm not. It was like, now nah, we all a family, so let's go ahead and treat this platform as such, and let's grow this thing as a family would grow. So guess what? Folks don't have no problem returning back to the barbecue or the family reunion because they know how I get down over there. So it's like, okay, I'm going to just go over there and holler at B because that's family. So I'm going to go over there and talk to them as I would a family member mm -hmm. and keep it moving. And at the same time, this family that we created is entertaining millions of people every doggone month. So it's like, my God, you start off getting into YouTube, you know how them 50 views get you? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You drop that video, you're like, man, we had the greatest interview ever. Then you press upload, you look back. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Look at that thing, five views. You look at that thing tomorrow, 20 views. You look at that thing next week, 50. And you're like, oh, shit, this is not for me. You know, this ain't going to work. But you have to go through that stage. Like I tell folks and even my students, I say, look here, man. If you're going to work out and you're trying to lose weight, you can't go out there and run one lap and expect to be fit. But if you go out there and run one lap every day for a whole year, you're going to be fit as hell. And that's the same thing. It's really just a natural process that nobody wants to agree to. It's like, okay, you got to water the dog on uh, plants for them to grow. It's got to start from a seed. It's got to start from somewhere. And like, you know, the old saying goes, the redwood was just an acorn that held on like a motherfucker. You see what I'm saying? The hell, that acorn wasn't about to go nowhere until it became a redwood. So that's one of the main things that I try to get people to understand when it comes to that YouTube. You just got to really be about that action and it's consistency oh, yeah. and frequency. You see what I'm saying? If you understand consistency and frequency, and uh, time and attention as a currency, then you can really tap into something great and then you'll look up and then you get it in. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? And one thing I like about you, Beehive, is your titles for these YouTube titles, uh, not, it's not clickbait. Yeah. You're not mm -mm. putting something mm -mm. out there that's Those cool. are all facts. Yeah, you're not gonna have the artist calling you be like, hey man, can you change that? You know no, I didn't say that no, shit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> when it comes to those titles and stuff, you know, one of the main things that I, I got to say to it all boils down to education. I'm one of the most educated people that, I mean, folks will come around, but it wasn't by choice. It wasn't that I just loved education. I was like, oh, let me, I'm a bookworm. You know, I'm at Maze High Cutting Class, just like everybody else. I'm in ISS <laughs> playing cards and talk with everybody else and crazy. But the difference was 
I knew it was something in education that was there for me. So when I got that bachelor's, Clark Atlanta University, that's when I found out about internet radio. I got that information. I just needed to be pointed in that direction. So, okay, I'm grown. I'm out here in the real world. I'm looking for internet radio. I was able to capitalize out, the, uh, out of that. And then I went and got a couple more degrees. I got one in uh, strategic communications and another one in uh, creative writing. Now, if you understand creative writing, when you talk about movies and stuff like that, they have what they call slug lines and stuff like that. So you have to be able to condense what's going on in that movie into them 19 words right there <laughs> to make somebody want to watch that movie. Yeah. So that's how I would treat every clip that I would put up. I would take that same stuff that I learned in school and I'd be like, okay, how can I make this clip enticing? You see what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, just like the parents used to say when we was young, tall, when you grow up, you're going to be competing against the world. You see what I'm saying? This whole internet gonna have you competing against the whole world. It ain't gonna be easy no more. So get what, bro? When you upload that stuff on YouTube, you're competing against the whole world. So you better have something in that title and that thumbnail that's gonna make somebody want to click on it. Because at the end of the day, ain't nobody got time for you to be wasting their time. And like I said, time and attention is a currency right now. So people are real frugal about where they decide to spend their time because mm -hmm. that's one of the really the most valuable currency that we have. But once you understand the monetization of time, then it's really about to go down. But the question is, how do you get people to spend time and to pay money? Well, and pay attention. Yeah. So for me, one of those things were the captions. You got to have a caption that's going to intrigue somebody to make them want to click on what's going on because at the end of the day, you know, if I say, you know, be high, talk to Mike Tall, part one, we're going to be looking crazy out here. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? We're going to be looking real crazy out here. But <laughs> you already know what I'm talking about, man. We're going to be looking real crazy out here. So I knew that that was just, you know, when it comes to the content, though, those captions and those thumbnails is just as important as the content. Absolutely. So if you got some, if you know that content is fire, you better put a goddamn caption on there to make somebody click on that shit so they can see it. You see what I'm saying? Because if you don't, you just wasted everybody time. You just wasted everybody damn time. And that's one thing that I didn't want to do. So I always make it intriguing. So when it comes across people's timeline, they're like, okay, I got, you know exactly what you're about to see. Mm -hmm. And it helps out a lot. Yeah. Now, is there anyone you haven't interviewed yet that's like on your top list, wish list? You can give us three, you can give us five, you can give us... Manifest it, Beehive. Well, see, for me, it's the people that I have interviewed that was on my top list that changed it for me. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Uh, Dame Dash, you know. My boy Shard hit me up and said, B, I got Dame Dash, man. I said, Shard! You got Dame Dash? He said, yeah. I got on that call with Dame Dash and we broke bread, man. And uh, the game that you get from them kinds of people, when you just get the opportunity to speak to them, it's slick life changing because the kind of stuff that they'll lay on you, it'll be like, okay, I understand what's going on, how to do this business, why ownership is key, why, you know, your nine to five is not really where you might really want to invest all of your time at. So people like that, you know, of course, Big Gip, you know, Gip is going to come through with the game as well, you know, and uh, he's going to be there when you call him. But it's so many different people. I can't even really name them all. But as far as the folks that I haven't talked to, I can't really think of nobody that I want to talk to that I ain't talked to. Because I've talked to a lot of people. You see what I'm saying? But it's just like a family reunion. Whoever shows up, going to get a plate. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You show up, you're going to get a plate. If you don't show up, hell, we can't feed you. We can't break bread with you. We don't know what the hell is going on with you. So it's like either you part of the family or you ain't. And that's how I kick that. Yep. You see what? You feel me, Mike. Mm -hmm. You feel me. What's next, Behind? Oh, man. I got some tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> I got some tricks up my sleeve. Because, see, my whole thing is you already know where it's going. You already prepared for where it's going. And that's my whole thing. I don't think people are really prepared for where this digital age and technology is about to take media. And once folks understand exactly where it's about to go, 
then you'll see a lot of people, you know, getting on board because podcasting, that's one aspect of it all. That's content creation. But it's a lot deeper than just podcasting. It's just a whole media stratosphere out here that we can really get involved in and tap into to generate revenue for ourselves in a way that, you know, we ain't here talking, but we still making money. You understand what I'm saying? So what's next for me? Y'all gonna have to stay tuned for that though, Todd, because I can't let the cat out the bag yet. Now everybody give my hand hell no. I can't let that cat out the bag, but I got some shit on the way. Oh, you <laughs> some shit on the goddamn way. And it's so beautiful because when you understand the opportunities that are out here for us, they are limitless. They're limitless. You can go out here and really create what it is that you want to create. And I just, um, but it's going to be more digital. I'm going deeper into the digital side of things, but I'm going to go all the way in there. I'm going to go all the way in there. And when people see what I done did with it, they're going to say, okay, we understand what he was trying to do the whole damn time. But it's going to definitely be something that serves a purpose for the community and for everybody that can, that can benefit off of it as well. Because it's never been a me thing. It's been more so of a community thing from the platform and stuff like that. So when I create what I'm about to do, it's going to serve the community in a way that everybody will be able to win as well because my whole thing is too i'm trying to educate people see that's the difference between me and a lot of other folks Todd. i'm a professor i'm an educator so i don't mind giving out the game i will give the game all the way out i get pissed when i give out the game and don't nobody listen to it <laughs> it's like man i just gave you the whole game and you ain't even listening to me at all so you know what i realized was that i can show them better than I can tell them. And then hopefully folks follow my lead. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All right. Any shout outs before we wrap it up? Yeah. Oh man, you know, I got to shout out my podcast partner, OG Gangsta Wicked. You see what I'm saying? You know, Ghetto Mafia, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? You know, West Side of Atlanta, what's good with it fam? Um, Hot 107.9 fam as always. You know, the affiliates generation now, what up, though, gang? Trends of the sense, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? The High Tower Gang, you know, that's the first gang that I was a part of, the High Tower Gang, because my uh, government was Brian High, well, he is Brian High Tower, so that was one of the reasons why I always kept it on my Instagram, because when you local, they knew Brian High Tower long before they knew B High. You see what I'm saying? So it was like, let me go ahead and put that in the game as well. But, um, as far as shout outs and stuff like that, man, everybody that rock with me, oh man, the people that done subscribed to that channel, y'all are the ones that kept a player going because I wanted to throw in that towel every five months. You see what I'm saying? I was like, you know what? This ain't going nowhere. Why am I doing it? Everybody that had something positive to stay, say that stayed down with me over these years, man, thank y'all so much, man. It mean a whole lot to me and to the team and stuff like that. EJ the DJ, what up though, man? That's my young gunner, he coming up next. EJ is a cold-blooded Southside guy. And uh, he's gonna come into this podcast game and mess some stuff up, as well as, you know, OG Gangsta Wicked as well. But um, I just wanna say thank you to everybody, man. Appreciate you, Tall, man, mm -hmm. because I mean, hey, we got to reciprocate. So y'all already know what's about to happen. This man gonna be on my platform next week talking the same thing, answering the same question, because it's gonna go all the way up with it, man. Let's and that's it. just what it is, man. Be high radio, shout it. If I ain't say your name, you know I love you. I'll holler at you in a minute, man. We go. You got a chamber, what's the odds? So you taking it? They critique how I speak. I said fuck you. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.